the Easy Money Show with Cam Fats. It's powered by EpicConversions.com and the Insiders Club. Welcome to another episode. Hey, what is up? What is up, everybody? This is Cam Jennings, a.k.a. Zero Fats, a.k.a. Cam Fats, coming at you with another episode of the Easy Money Show. Uh, the place where we're generally aware that people make money online, and we even sometimes talk about it. Sometimes, sometimes, sometimes. Hope everybody's doing amazing out there on this fine, fine Tuesday evening. It is about 5 p.m. Eastern Time, and it is nice and sunny and always warm in the great state of Ohio. I'm kidding, of course. It's actually kind of rainy and dreary out there today, but that's okay. That's not going to stop us. We're going to have a great show. Can't wait to can't wait to get into it with you guys. Hope everybody's doing great out there. I want to talk to you guys today about info product research. I want to talk to you about info product validation. I just want to talk, you know what? I just want to talk to you about info products, right? Info products have really kind of changed my life. It's safe to say that you know information products have changed my life. And I want to kind of have a theme today about information products. I'm going to be talking about some other things too, but I'm going to kind of come back to information products several times throughout the day, uh, throughout this episode, I should say. And I want to start out uh, by talking about info product research. The reason I want to talk about that is because, you know, most of us, when we start thinking about creating an ebook or a product on the internet, um, we can kind of come up with one or two decent ideas. Maybe we have them tucked away in our minds so we can come up with them. And then we start thinking, oh, I don't understand how people come up with products over and over and over again. How do you have so many ideas? You know, how do you, how do, you do that? Um, and, you know, that's the difference between being like, Someone who can do it like once or twice, maybe, and someone who can just be very industrious about it, you know, be very, um, uh, well, yeah, be very industrious about it. Someone who kind of turns it into a business, almost like a, like a manufacturing plant or something, right? Um, you know, at epicconversions.com, uh, we release a new product every single month, right? So that to do that, it takes a lot more than just, coming up with a good idea, right? You know, there's there's more to it. It's got to be a little bit more industrialized than that. And I kind of want to talk to you guys a little bit about that process, about, you know, how we do it at epicconversions.com and, and, and what kinds of things um, I do to make that happen. So um, let's go ahead and get into it. I want to talk about info product research right now. Uh, so with info product research, when we're talking about the idea of coming up with a product, when we're talking about the idea of coming up with an info product, uh, whatever your niche happens to be, um, it's always a good idea. Uh, instead of just you know thinking you have a great idea, um, because sure, you might have a great idea. And if you want to write that down, go ahead, write down your great idea. Um, but let's, let's write down a few more ideas, right? Let, let's write down a few more ideas about what kinds of things you could make a product about. Right. And the way we come up with these ideas um, is we look at what's already out there, what's already at the top of their game right now when it comes to that niche or that space and what kind of products are being sold right now, making good money 
what's out there right now at the top of their game. So, for instance, if I was going to do uh, an information product uh, right now and I wanted to start it tonight, um, what I would do first is I'd go over to Warrior Plus. And because I release products on the Warrior Plus network, so it's, it's a great place for me to start. I want to see what's selling over there. Now, I'm looking at the Warrior Plus top 10 right now, and I see, <clears throat> excuse me, I see that the number one product right now on Warrior Plus is something called Affiliate Sniper, right? And this is a, an info product about affiliate marketing, right? So the first product, I'm just going to write Affiliate Marketing. Right, I'm gonna put one. Right, I see one product about affiliate marketing. Right, um, next one's called Smackdown Profits. This is a product that I actually bought. I purchased it, so I'm pretty familiar with Smackdown Profits, and I, I purchased it because um, I'm always interested in a new method, and also I am always looking for interesting products to promote. So this is ranked number two out of hundreds of products on Warrior Plus right now. It's called SmackDown Profits. Now, this is what I would call a method, right, a system or a method. Uh, it's meant to be a complete system that you can use to make money, right? <clears throat> so next one is called Real Estate Lead Magnets. We're going to call this uh, – so this is going to be um, offline list building. I kind of specialized in the lead in the kind of specialized in that real estate market. Uh, WP Crusher WordPress Home Study Course. So um, we're going to call this WordPress Trainer. What I'm doing, guys, is I'm just kind of keeping track. I'm keeping score, right? I'm keeping score, and I'm looking for trends here. The next one is called Laptop Legacy, right? And this is another method, right? So we're going to put put that down, right? We're going to put that down in our method category. We see two methods right now. All right, and that's good. That's a little bit of a trend developing. Number six, CPA Rebirth. Now, CPA Rebirth is... What? It's about affiliate marketing. It's about CPA affiliate marketing, but affiliate marketing just the same. So we're starting to see a trend there, right? Affiliate marketing and systems or methods, right? Complete. systems or methods. I'm kind of writing these down as I go, guys, so bear with me. I uh, just want to get through this with you. So the next one is tea explosion. And you know, if you wonder what that is, that's about selling t-shirts. So that's what we're going to call that uh, physical sales. I'm just going to call that physical sales. It has to do with selling physical product, right? It happens to be t-shirts here. Um, same day e-com profits same day ecom profits you know i'm going to mark that in the physical sales as well um it's e-commerce so i'm going to i'm going to mark that in the physical sales as well so well so we see a couple trends developing here um local seo checklist local seo checklist we're going to call that local local um <clears throat> offline marketing 
Nah, not offline marketing. We're going to call that uh, local marketing. I'm going to call it local. <clears throat> Tell you what, I think for me, when it comes to finding trends, the same people who are interested in local SEO checklist are probably going to be interested in real estate lead magnets, right? That's a specialized group of people. Um, but it's the, it's a specialized group of people who care about real estate, but it's, it's a similar grain of people who care about the, uh, local SEO checklist. It's, it's kind of offline marketing, so to speak. So I'm going to go ahead and I'm going to put this, uh, I'm just going to call instead of calling this, uh, offline list building, I'm just going to call this offline, right? I'm going to call this offline slash local, right? And the other one is number 10, and it's going to be called Offers and Do Cash. That's another product I purchased to kind of uh, get a feel for what it was about and think thinking that I might be uh, affiliating with it. And... <clears throat> This product here uh, is also a complete system or method, right? So we're going to put that in here. So what we see, guys, uh, when we look at all 10 of these, we see, uh, we see our biggest trends here in these top 10 are complete systems or methods, right? We have three of them, right? We have offline, local type stuff. We got two of those. We got physical sale type stuff. We got two of those. And we got affiliate marketing. We have two of those. So those are our top 10. Um, now you can uh, take this a little bit deeper. If you're an affiliate marketer, you can actually go in and you can look at sales and see what each of these things are doing and selling, which I don't think it's a bad idea. But that's we'll talk about that in a little bit when we talk about validation. But we're just talking about research right now. We want to get a feel for what people are, are talking about, what people are interested in, and what people are buying. Right. So we see um, on Warrior Plus here, there's definitely a trend for complete systems or methods to making money online. Um, now let's go over to JVZoo, another hot spot for information products where people buy, uh, especially make money online products. And I'm just going to go ahead and log in really fast, guys. And I will uh, look at this list. I want to see a top 10. I want to see a top 10 in here. Um, and look at our Just looking, guys. Just looking for uh, top sellers here. Sorry for the uh, silence. Um, okay, so here we are on JVZoo. I'm just looking for the top sellers for today right now. Um, and I see number one for today is Chromicode, standard developer version. Looks like a uh, looks like a piece of software that's going to help you help you build a extension. Interesting, interesting, interesting. All right, so very, very cool. So we're going to put that under software. Okay. 
And uh, let's go ahead and uh, vintage blueprints, cash bonanza, plus videos and bonuses. Not sure what this is. I just want to check it out. Uh, tired of struggling to make a good living online? You're not alone. The good news is today's struggle ends. High profit based online business. Okay, and cash. But wait, it gets better. Would those numbers get me 30 seconds to show you? Believe it or not, these illustrations are hugely popular. Gift mainstream shoppers. Interesting. Very, very interesting. I love it. I love it. Selling old blueprints. Um, I like this. This is really cool. Um, and I am going to not not list this on uh, – I'm going to list this under physical sales. Physical sales for that. Um, interesting. Uh, vid viral. Vid viral. I think this is traffic driving. Have you ever tried to get? Yeah. So the vid viral thing is traffic. And uh, next one, Builderall, internet marketing platform. This is um, Builderall is is something that kind of Kind of, uh, kind of takes the place of a click funnels, uh, click funnels type system. So the builder all thing is a um, all in one solution, right? We call that an all in one solution. Uh, it is software, okay? It is software. The vid viral thing is is also software. The all in one solution thing is software as well some of these things i'm going to put make more than one category for them, you guys so like the vid viral thing is software but it's also traffic um the uh the uh all-in-one solution of uh builder all is tra as it's it's software but it's also an all-in-one solution uh, and the reason i'm doing that you guys is because i want to spot trends I can have an all. I can teach people an all-in-one solution that doesn't have to be software. If there's an interest for an all-in-one solution, right? Just because it's an all-in-one solution doesn't mean it has to be software. Just because it's traffic driving doesn't mean it has to be software. It, it just kind of depends. I'm looking for trends here, right? So, um, social traffic system. Social traffic system. Another one for traffic, right? Ascend Pages Club. I have no idea what exactly that is. The only web page builder you ever ever need. So this is a web page builder. We're going to call this software. Okay. So video reel commercial. Okay, so here we go again. Uh, software. Okay, it's you know, and you can see if we we can draw a clear line between JVZoo and Warrior Plus, and we see there is you know JVZoo. There's a huge trend for software on JVZoo, um, and you, you get this just by you know you get this just by uh, 
by looking, right? You just just get this by looking. So, um, okay, your inner greatness done for you. PLR, interesting. PLR one, um, and then uh, nicheology membership special. Helping online owners. These four So find your niche, build your list, create a new product every two weeks. Interesting. All right, fantastic. So nicheology, nicheology is. Just kind of taking a look here because I'm not familiar with this product. Um, find your child, create a new product. It's 30 minutes a day. Very, very cool. I like it. Um, Nicheology is a membership site. Um, and it's, it's, Honestly, it's it's kind of all in one solution, right? Nichology is kind of all in one solution, um, but it's it's uh, it's a membership site. Okay, very very cool, guys. So I've looked at two places now. Now, obviously, guys, if I wanted to create a product, I could go on to look at. I could go on to look at, um, you know. The first thing I could go on to do is I'll look yes at yesterday's top sellers on JVZoo, the past seven days top sellers on JVZoo, the past thirty days top sellers on JVZoo. I'll go and look a few pages back on Warrior Forum. Um, I'll go to Amazon and I'll look around on Amazon um, and I'll see what is selling. Where are the trends, right? And from that, I can deduce a an idea of what I want to create a product about, right? Whether uh, whether I see a trend with a complete system or method to make money online, or I see that software seems to really work right now, um, and I can see by looking at my my just a little tiny bit of research that I've done so far, I see that software is is hot right now, and that's probably not something any of you guys watching this, you know had to be told. Um, everybody can kind of see that who's got a pulse on the, on, on the market of, uh, the, uh, the MMO space. But, um, yeah, so just a little bit of research we did kind of reveals that software's hot right now. Complete systems or methods are hot right now. Uh, things that teach you how to sell physical product are hot right now. T-shirts, uh, (laughs) blueprints, um, you know, e-com stuff like that. Those are hot right now. So, a piece of software that would teach you a compl- that would help you with a complete system on making money online would probably make you money, no doubt about it. A piece of software that would help you with physical sales or e-com or something like that would probably sell pretty well right now. So, that's what the trends tell us, right? Does that mean that's the direction you want to go or that you have to go? It's definitely something that's valid. It's something you want to look at. Um, if you don't go in this direction and you want to go in your own direction, that's fine. As long as you have a feel for what people want, as long as you have a feel for what people want and you can, you can put a good angle on what you have, right? Because the fact is I can think something is the greatest thing in the world since sliced bread. But if I can't connect the dots for my audience, if I can't get other people to see that this is an awesome product and it's going to help them, 
they're not going to buy it. If they don't see the benefit to them, they're not going to buy it. I mean, it's got to be a good benefit, and it's got to be easy to explain. You can't make it complicated. You will lose people in five seconds. Hey, I got a new product. Yeah, what's it do? Blah, 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 blah. You got five seconds. What does it do? Tell them in a sentence or two what it does, right? Because they're going to decide and like <laughs> pretty quick whether they need it or not. They're going to decide pretty quick whether they need it, whether maybe they need it, or they don't need it, right? They're going to decide pretty quick. Your job is to tell them in a sentence or two what it does and then spend the rest of the time telling them the benefit. You know, my job as an affiliate marketer and my job as someone who creates products is to make it very easy for them to understand what my product does and to make it very easy for them to understand why they need it, right? You need it because it will do this for you, right? You need this piece of software that I created, not because it's got these bells and these whistles and these extra shiny things on it. You need it because it's going to help you build a list extremely fast and lists help you make money. That's why you need it, right? It's going to take what would take you 60 days and it's going to turn that into something that only takes you five days. That's why you need it, right? So that's always, that's always the thing to me that, that matters. I know I did research like this. You know, I was doing research like this last year trying to figure out what kind of product I wanted to create. And, um, you know, all my research pointed to affiliate marketing. I, I need, the, the, the market was interested in affiliate marketing at the time. Um, but my heart told me, hey, I want to talk about membership sites. I feel like membership sites are important. I feel like they're, they're a great foundation for an online business, and that's what I want to talk about. Um, so I chose to do that. But I knew that the market was interested in affiliate marketing. I knew what the market was leaning towards. So I needed to be able to help people understand why membership sites mattered, why they, why they should care about membership sites. And I also needed to understand why people were not interested in membership sites. At the time, people were not interested in membership sites, number one, because it feels like a long-term commitment. Number two, it feels intimidating to be able to put content in something every single month, right? Or every single week or how, however often you put fresh content in a membership site. That seems intimidating. And number three, how do you get people to join a membership site? That requires a monthly commitment and that can be, you know, hard to get people to, to buy. So all these things turn people off of the idea of a membership program. Um, and it was my job to help them understand why they were important and why they could do these things. And there was no reason to fear them, right? So, and I created membership dons and that, that product went on to earn a deal of the day award. It's an award winning product. Uh, and it helped a lot of people. So I'm not saying you have to completely listen to everything that the market is saying. But I am telling you, when you go to create a new product and you want to be industrious about it, you want, you want to kind of industrialize your process, you can't just walk around and wait for like creativity to hit you on the head. You can't just walk around and just expect the answers to come flying at you because that's not going to happen. Not every single month. Not every single two weeks or not every single however long you want to, uh, however often you want to create a product. It doesn't happen like that every time. Sometimes I mean, you need a system for putting products out. 
So this is a good one. Uh, putting your toe in the water of the market and, and getting a feel for what other people are looking for. Right. I want to take a minute, let everybody know uh, this episode of the Easy Money Show is brought to you on behalf of EpicConversions.com and the Insiders Club. You guys know about the Insiders Club, the Epic Conversions Insiders Club. We give a free group coaching session every single month. That's a free mentoring. We do weekly actionable content. Matter of fact, I just dropped a new piece of weekly actionable content yesterday on the fine, fine topic of productivity. We do a new product every month in the members area, right? Pretty awesome. That's the Insiders Club over there, epicconversions.com. You can get in on that for a trial, $1.99. You save your pennies, you can afford the Insiders Club. It's $10.80 a month. It's the best damn deal on the internet. It's the Netflix of the IM space. That's what I got to say about that. I want to talk to you guys about something that has been troubling me now for, I'd say, the better part of a year and a half. I was, um, let's see, how does this start? How do I even begin to explain this? So um, last spring, the spring of 2016, I was walking through the department store looking for a, I want to say I was looking for a birthday present for somebody, uh, either my, my, uh, my, my, uh, I don't know who I was looking for a birthday present for some kid in my family. <laughs> I was looking for a birthday present for somebody. Um, but I, uh, I walked by, uh, the star Wars toys and I noticed that the C3PO star Wars toys, I noticed the C3PO had a silver leg and, uh, I didn't think a lot about it at the time because, I felt like, you know, I haven't really been in that Star Wars thing for a while. Um, and they're always doing new animations and, you know, new cartoons and, you know, all this Star Wars stuff is always happening, you know. So, and I'm not really up to date on it. So I thought maybe there was, there was probably a reason why that was like that. Didn't think much about it. Maybe a month after that, uh, my wife said she found something on the internet that just blew her mind and it like kept her awake all night and it just freaked her out. Um, not sure if she told me it kept her awake all night, but she, she said it really freaked her out and uh, she told me to check it out. And that's when I uh, watched the video that she showed me and I learned about the Mandela effect for the first time. Right. And I don't know if you guys know what that is, what the Mandela effect is. Um, it's basically the idea and oh man where do i even begin on this thing um it's it's basically the idea um that you don't remember things the way other people remember them um it got its name well let me let me just find a little article um for you so i could explain that to you a little bit better than what i can from memory um Anyways, you know what? Forget all that. Let me just let me use my memory and explain it to you the best I can. Ha! No pun intended. Memory, Mandela effect. Um, so basically, there was a group of people who felt like Nelson Mandela died back in the 80s, I believe, um, in prison, or maybe the 90s, in prison. Um, and um, that didn't happen. Supposedly, that did not happen. Um, but there's a giant group of people who believe it did happen. Right, so that's why they started calling this the Mandela effect. A, a large group of people who share a a false memory, they say, false memory. So that's interesting. That's the basis of the Mandela effect. Um, so 
after I watched those videos that she showed me, then it kind of came reeling back to me about C-3PO's silver leg. And I wondered, what, did, was that something like that? And it absolutely was. That was a thing. Supposedly, C-3PO from Star Wars always had a silver leg. And this is funny because, you know, when I was a kid, I watched Star Wars a lot, right? And I remember um, being in the Navy, you know, sitting in, sitting in the barracks, watching Star Wars like all day long, um, you know, on the weekend and uh, there would be like a marathon, you know, and, and I remember watching it. So, so throughout my life, I've watched these movies several times. Um, and then as I had kids, I kind of got away from it and I wasn't as much of a star Wars guy or whatever. But that being said, I've watched all these movies over and over throughout my life. I remember when the, the prequels came out, you know, the Phantom Menace and, you know, uh, you know, Revenge of the Sith and all that stuff. Um, when all that came out, I watched those at the movie theater, right? I remember watching all those movies. Um, and, and it's funny because I never remember seeing C-3PO with a silver leg. But now it's like he's always had a silver leg. <laughs> so that was weird to me. Right. And that kind of pushed me a little bit further down the hole of, you know, what is the Mandela effect? What does that even mean? I don't understand what that is. Um, it's interesting. Uh, that's one example of, of how I was kind of affected by this Mandela effect. Um, and I don't mean it affected like, oh my God, it's affected me. I just mean like something that I knew to be a certain way. Now society is telling me it was never that way, right? See, when I first saw that silver leg, I thought that, you know, maybe there was some kind of new cartoon that came out where it's part of the story. He had the silver leg or something. No, what, what happened was he's always had a silver leg. But see, friends, I have watched those movies many, many times, and I would have noticed if he had a silver leg. <laughs> C-3PO is iconic. You know, I would have noticed that. But he's, he's always had a silver leg now, so it's really strange. Um, another thing I, I've noticed uh, with this Mandela Effect thing, and this is really weird, but sometimes things switch back, right? Like, this Fruit Loops thing, when I first got pulled into this Mandela effect in 2016 in the summer, one of the things that was odd to me was Fruit Loops. At the time, Fruit Loops was spelled F-R-U-I-T. And that was weird because I remember as a kid it being spelled F-R-O-O-T. And the two O's were little pieces of Fruit Loops, right? And, and then the two O's on the, the bottom were little two pieces of Fruit Loops too, I ate this cereal as a kid, so I remember. Um, but during the summer of 2016, it had changed, and it was Fruit Loops, spelled the normal way, fruit. Um, but now, I was doing a little research on this Mandela effect just to talk to you guys about it tonight, and I noticed it's changed back now. Now it's back to, way, to where it's F-R-O-O-T again. It's very strange. So sometimes they flip back. Uh, and I can't explain why that happens. I don't understand what's happening. Another one is the O'Reilly Auto Parts. Um, you know, ever since I've heard of O'Reilly, it was O'Reilly's Auto Parts with an S, O'Reilly's Auto Parts. 
Um, and I'm very conscious of this, not because I like O'Reilly's auto parts, um, but because uh, of the song that comes on the radio. See, I listen to sports talk radio a lot uh, when I'm driving. That's pretty much all I listen to is sports talk radio. And O'Reilly's Auto Parts is a sponsor, and their little jingle always comes on the radio. Oh, 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 O'Reilly's Auto Parts, right? It always came on the on the commercial uh, when I was listening to the sports talk radio. And as soon as it changed, I remember very clearly when it changed. You know, the the damn commercial was coming on every day. You know. So and, and I'm driving every day. I'm going different places every day. I'm in my in my car driving, and I'm always hearing the song like every day. And I'm a musician, so I pay very close attention to things like that, little details, you know. And so the O'Reilly's thing was it stood out in my mind, you know, and it was very palpable. It was a definite difference. And I'll tell you something. That's kind of how this Mandela effect thing is. You kind of blow it off until something happens that you know it wasn't like that before because you are intimately familiar with it, and now it's different. But everyone's telling you it's always been that way. So that's when it really hits you, and that's when it kind of freaks you out a little bit. right? Another one is the Statue of Liberty. Um, and this is <laughs> this is the, – the Statue of Liberty is the reason why I'm doing – I'm adding this to the segment tonight. You might think, what does the Mandela effect have to do with making money on the internet? And I would answer to you, probably nothing, probably nothing at all. Um, however, when I, when I decided I was going to start doing a podcast, when I decided I was going to start doing a long form type of content, I did not want to just talk about business online. I also wanted just to talk about whatever I wanted to talk about. Um, and the Mandela effect is something that has really, really affected my, my life in, in a few different ways. Um, this Statue of Liberty thing. So I discovered the Statue of Liberty thing. And at the time I discovered it, like I was really, really exploring this Mandela effect topic. I had went to the – listen, guys, things, things were, had changed that like I didn't believe had changed and people were telling me they had always been that way. And like, I wanted to prove myself so badly. I was taking trips to the library to do research on these things. Um, one of them was the statue of Liberty. I just got a comment on my video the other day. Well, and I'll tell you about that in a second, but the statue of Liberty thing is interesting because I found, um, Around March of earlier this year, March of 2017, I found the Statue of Liberty was not on Ellis Island. It was on Liberty Island. And I thought that was interesting, see, because I used to live in Rhode Island, and I've been to New York several times. And when I went to New York, the Statue of Liberty was on Ellis Island. There was no Liberty Island. I've never heard of Liberty Island until March of 2017. So I looked up Google Trends. I went to Google Trends and I started, you know, doing research of the trends for Statue of Liberty, Ellis Island, Statue of Liberty, Liberty Island, stuff like that. I started trying to find documentation to support my my thoughts and my memories on the Statue of Liberty um, because this wasn't some kind of cereal box or some kind of just uh, jingle on the radio or some movie. This was like real world stuff, 
right? The Statue of Liberty being in a totally different location, pretty freaky, and it freaked me out. And that led me to produce my first YouTube video about the Mandela Effect. And it was just a video I did um, on my Zero Fast Returns channel because uh, I just wanted to talk about it. I just wanted to start the conversation about it. It really had nothing to do with making money online then. Um, but I did it anyway, and uh, I want to uh, kind of go to that video real quick now, and I want to tell you that video uh, got a lot of views, man. It got a lot of views just for, for my channel, um, but it was called uh, The Statue of Liberty Moved or something like that. Uh, yeah, Statue of Liberty Moved, Mandela Effect Strikes Again. 19,000 views. I put the video up five months ago. I had 19,000 views. And uh, I'll tell you, it, it was crazy because it has 196 likes and 28 dislikes. And it was, it's incendiary. It's, it's, it's inflammatory. The video, it really, really strikes a nerve with people, you guys. Uh, it has nothing to do with making money online. But it's in my top 10 videos uh, when I look at my analytics. And people either really strongly agree with me that it was on Ellis Island or they really strongly disagree with me and say it was always on Liberty Island. They call me ignorant. Um, and, and that's one thing that I really think is interesting. That like when you find people who disagree with you or their memories dis are different from yours, they, they love to name call and insult. That I do not understand. Just because my memory is different than yours, I don't understand the name calling. It's it's really strange uh, to me. It's almost like a nerve has been struck. You know, um, I don't know. It's, it's it's really weird. But yes, that was a big one. The Statue of Liberty not being on Ellis Island anymore. It's on Liberty Island now. Some of you guys listening to this might be thinking, "What are you talking about, dude? It's always been on Liberty Island." Uh, Ellis Island is where the immigration station's at. Yes, I realize that. But but wh where, when I went to New York, the immigration station and the Statue of Liberty were on the same island, and it was on Ellis Island. So that's uh, that's you know it is what it is. But uh, yeah, that's the Mandela Effect story, and it's 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 a crazy story. And I'll tell you something. And listen, I could go on and on about this Mandela Effect thing, you guys. Song lyrics changed. Uh, there was this uh, Jewel song, Who Will Save Your Soul. That's changed. Um, the Queen song has changed. All the, there's all these little things that have changed. Um, it, it's just insane. But after a while, after you get used to the fact that, hey, this is not my mind playing tricks on me. All these things have changed. I am 41 years old. Never in my life have so many things changed that, that I'm just wrong about. I'm just mistaken about all these things, right? It's, it's ridiculous. It's just insane. Um, I've watched videos about personal stories, Mandela Effect stories. I actually have a, a personal Mandela Effect story. I, you know, screw it. I'll tell you guys this personal Mandela Effect story. Um, and, and some people will argue, hey, it's not a Mandela Effect unless a bunch of people experienced it. Well, I don't care what you want to call it. I call it reality changing, right? Just things changing in reality. And I'll tell you my personal story about this. I'm just going to call it a Mandela effect just for the sake of, you know, this is a, 
this is an experience I had where reality just seemed to change. Um, so this was uh, before I knew anything about the Mandela effect, probably months before. This is probably, um, oh, I don't know. It was in 2016, uh, right when we were heading into the spring of 2016. My wife and I stopped at Long John Silver's. This is a fast food place. If you don't know about Long John Silver's, it's a fast food restaurant. We stopped there to get a milkshake. Uh, my kids were in school. We stopped there to get a milkshake. Um, and it was all right. It's fine. So Lange on Silver's was fine and they were, they were doing business and we stopped there to get a milkshake. This is like a mile down the road from my house, by the way. Drive by there every day. So maybe like three or four days later, we drive by there again and we notice that like Lange on Silver's is closed. And not only are they closed, they look like they've been closed for a long time. Like they've been closed for almost a year or something. Um, the place looks kind of dilapidated and it just looks like it's been closed for a while, but like three or four days before that we were, were there getting a milkshake and it didn't look like that. So that's an experience I shared with my wife. So it happened. Um, I don't talk about it because it, 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 it leads me to the next part of this discussion with the Mandela effect. After you experience so many of these weird anomalies, I call them this strange anomalies. After you experience so many of them, you're just left thinking, okay, this is a thing, man. This is not my memory playing tricks on me. This is, this is a thing. I don't know what this is, but this is a thing. And then once you get to there, you're just left with like, why is this happening? What, what, what is actually happening here? What is happening? And I think that's where everybody who's experienced this Mandela effect thing gets to eventually. Why is this happening? Where Where is this going? Right? And honestly, I think most people are left with they don't know because that's the truth. We can figure out that things are changing in the world and, you know, we have no idea what's happening. But uh, we don't know why. You know, I've heard people say it's the end of days. But damn, man, people have been saying it's the end of day since I was a kid, you know. I, used, I remember going to church with my, my pop, uh, you know, before he died, you know. His damn pastor used to say it's the end of days. The end of days is upon us. Um, I remember going to church when I was a kid uh, with my grandpa, you know, and his pastor said the end of days is upon us back then. So that was tw- 30 years ago. Um, I don't know. I don't know. End of days, not end of days. I know it's scary. Um, people are saying the Bible's changing. They're saying his Mandela effects are affecting the Bible and the Bible's changing. They're saying there's mythological creatures in the Bible now and, and all this other stuff. I'm no Bible expert, so I don't really know. But if you start looking this stuff up, you'll find a lot of people talking about this stuff. And, and what I found is that, like, you know, the Mandela effect is something you laugh off until it affects you where like you hit something that like you were intimately familiar with and now you see that it's changed. Then it's not funny anymore. Now it's like, what the hell's going on? So, but once you get to that question, what the hell's going on, you're kind of hitting a brick wall because the truth is nobody knows what's going on. Nobody knows, but I can tell you it's still going on because I'll tell you something just maybe a week ago, um, I was watching the news. They were talking about Joel Olstein, 
And a week ago, when they were talking about Joel Olstein on the news, it was Joel Olstein, O L S T E E N. And now it's Joe Osteen, O S T E N, T E E N, whatever. Maybe too many E's in there, but the point is the L's gone now. Joel Osteen with no L now. But before, just last week, it was Joel, Joel Olstein with an L. It's really crazy, man. Little insignificant things that seem like they don't really matter, but after a while, they start to add up and they really start bugging you. So that's what I'll say about that. Let's talk more about information products. Let's get out of this supernatural craziness. Um, Once you come up with a product idea, once you come up with a product idea, you know, you got several ideas, you decide, hey, you know what, I'm going to do a product about, you know, you know, information, pro- I'm going to do a product about, you know, affiliate marketing or whatever. That's pretty cool right now. I want to do a product about affiliate marketing. So th- that's cool. Um, you see that in the trends, but now we need to validate that product. We need- it's a cool product idea, but let's validate it. Let's, let's start seeing what other people are doing when it comes to sales. Are there any products on affiliate marketing? Let's, let's look back on a, let's look back on warrior, warrior plus and let's see. And on warrior plus, you need to be an affiliate. You need to be, you need to have an account. Um, but if you look at the products that are selling on warrior plus as an affiliate, you will see how many units those products have pushed, right? So you're looking for products with good conversion rates. You're looking for products that are pushing a lot of units. You want to see if they're, they're, they're making money, right? Are these products making money? That's what you're looking for, right? This is validation, right? Another place you can go, like I said, you can go back to JVZoo. Validation, validation. Um, look on Amazon. See if, see if, um, See if what the bestseller rankings look like on Amazon for the eBooks. I'm talking about Kindle books now. Uh, see if there's any products on that subject on Amazon. See if there's any eBooks on that subject on Amazon um, and under the Kindle book section. See what their bestseller ranking is. The, the lower the bestseller ranking, the more units are being pushed on that product. Now you can find a chart somewhere on Google that'll kind of estimate it for you. Uh, but the lower the bestseller ranking is, the better the product's doing. So I'm not going to go too far into that. That's one of those things that doesn't lend itself well to just audio. I really need to show you that to, to get into that bestseller ranking conversation. But just keep in mind, you, you can see how many units items are pushing generally uh, with the bestseller ranking. You know, That's, that's an estimate. Still, the, still yet though. When I was selling physical product on Amazon, I, I I relied very closely on the bestseller ranking. It was important to me. Um, you can estimate how many units you're going to be pushing, generally in a ballpark range, by sourcing products with particular bestseller rankings, right? So it's the same thing with eBooks and in Kindle books. You know, you you want to see if books on this subject are selling. Are books about affiliate marketing selling? I want to look at the top 10 books on Kindle about affiliate marketing, and I want to see if they're selling. What are their bestseller rankings? You know, I want to see it. All right, so that, and by doing this, we validate 
our product idea, right? And why are we doing this? Why do we do info product research? Why do we validate product ideas? Guys, the reason we're doing it is because we're minimizing our damage. See what I'm saying? We're minimizing our damage, right? Because every time you try to do an entrepreneurial venture, every time you try to do something to make money for yourself and to not work for the man, you're taking a risk, right? You're not just collecting that easy money paycheck because it's not really easy money to begin with, is it? Because you have to depend and trust and put your trust into a company that you probably don't trust. Put your trust into a boss that you probably don't like that much. And there's no guarantees. There's no guarantees, is there? You could be fired next week. You might not know until the day you're fired. So it kind of leaves you to the point that, you know, it's better to invest in yourself and, you know, you trust yourself better than anybody. Um, so it's good to try to start making money for yourself, in my opinion, and it's, it's smart. Um, but what you'll learn as an entrepreneur when you start making money for yourself and start trying to make money for yourself is that you have to take risks. You have to take risks every single time you want to make something happen. But then once you figure that out, you learn that I have to find ways to minimize my damage from these risks. How can I minimize these risks? How can I, how can I minimize the damage? Because every time I take a risk, there's a chance I could lose. How can I minimize the chances of me losing? Right? So doing product research is a way we can minimize our risk. Um, validating the product ideas is another way that we can minimize our risk. That's why we do it. And if it seems tedious, it can be. If it seems tedious to you, it can be. That's just the way it is. If it seems like too much work to you, then I question your, I question your, um, your ability to make this happen. Because it, it, just because working for yourself and being an entrepreneur sounds awesome and the lifestyle is great, um, it doesn't mean there's not work involved, right? Do you have passion for it? Do you have some passion for this? Right? Because I found that when I have passion for something, it's easier for me to make it happen. Um, because there is work involved. There's nothing I've ever done that was worthwhile that didn't include some work. Right? So this whole thing about and here's the thing. You you might love the, you might love, you know, man, you might lo love uh, you know, learning about internet marketing. You, marketing might be your passion, you know, it might be your passion to watch Frank Kern videos or, you know, Ryan Dice videos and, and you might love all this stuff, but there's going to be parts of it you don't like. That's just the way it is. You're not going to love every single part. Product research might be tedious for you. It might be annoying. It might not be very much fun, but guess what? It's part of the job. You either have to do it or you have to fi find someone else to do it for you and you outsource it. However, I don't recommend outsourcing it until you know what the hell you're doing. That way you can create a template for what you want them to do, right? Because if you leave it in their hands and you just assume that they know, they know what the hell they're doing and they know better than you do, well, then you're leaving yourself open for disappointment. You're not minimizing your damage anymore. You're, you're not minimizing your risk anymore by leaving it in someone else's hands who's just trying to collect a paycheck. They're just trying to collect money from you.
So I recommend figuring out how to do it and templating it, b- building a template for it before you start outsourcing it. So that, that's my opinion on it. Q&A time. What are some online business ideas I can set up in the next 24 hours? <laughs> hey, man, people always want to ask me questions about how to make money fast. They want to be able to make money quick. Right? What are some online business ideas that can have that I can set up in the next 24 hours? Um, well, I, I think the what this person's getting at is how can I get to the money very quickly, right? Because this question, what are some online business ideas that I can set up in the next 24 hours? You can set a ton of businesses up in the next 24 hours. But it's going to depend on a couple a couple of things, right? What's your knowledge base? I mean, how much do you know about the business you're trying to set up? You know, you, you might need to do a little bit of research before you set it up, you know? But with all the technology, especially online businesses, there's a lot of technology out there that will have you getting started quick, you know? I mean, damn, you can start a YouTube channel up within, you know, 15 minutes. And, and you can say, well, I just started a YouTube channel. That's my business now. You know, you started it up, you know, you can, you can open a Fiverr account in the next 15 minutes. You started it up. It's an online business. You started it. Doesn't mean it's making money yet. Doesn't mean it's profitable. Um, it's kind of a loaded question, to be honest with you. It's going to be different for everybody when it comes to getting to profit. Um, I, I think if you want to get to money fast, I think that the, the fastest way to get to money is to audience build and build a list, build an email list, right? The email list is the core of the audience. Um, so, and, and I think a great way to do that was YouTube. I, I've talked about that before just because uh, it's, it's very visual and people see you. It kind of puts you in that role of celebrity authority. Um, so I think that's really, really valuable, v- valuable place to be. That, that's what I think. Um, but some online business ideas that you can set up in the next 24 hours, take your pick. I think you can start almost anything online within 24 hours. doesn't mean you can get it to profit within 24 hours, but you can, you can start almost anything. I can, I can buy hosting. I can buy a, a website. I can, um, yeah, I can start, I can start a new blog within two hours. I mean, just starting it is, doesn't, it's, you know, it's not going to make money. It's, it's going to just get it started. Um, I recommend, you know, I recommend, uh, just plotting out what you want to do and making sure you have, making sure you have, make sure you've broken it down into, into, into systems. You know what I mean? Okay. Well, here's what I want to do. I I, want to start an online business where I teach people how, how to do affiliate marketing. Okay. My business is going to have a YouTube channel for like audience building. It's going to have a blog. Um, that's going to help me like build an email list. Um, and I'm going to create products on affiliate marketing and, you know, you know, sell those. Right. So I'm going to be monetized through my email list. I'm going to be monetized on my blog and I'm going to have some ad revenue monetization on my YouTube channel. Um, and that's how it's going to go. Right. So my primary traffic driving technique is going to be YouTube initially, and then I'm going to branch out into paid traffic. Right. That's kind of a a nice little vague, you know, business plan. But a lot of people start a business without even that in place. They don't even have that in place. But if I were you, if you were going to be smart about it, you know, 
you, you dissect the business, right? You say, well, this is what I want to do. I want to start a business where I teach people this, or I want to start a business where I'm selling tires, right? Okay, well, where am I going to sell them from? Where's my distribution platform? How am I going to sell them? Am I going to sell them online or am I going to go rent a store? You know, um, how am I going to get traffic to my store? How am I going to learn, get people to find out about what I'm doing? You know, where's the, where's the marketing coming from? Um, but you kind of map out at each section and figure out how it works. So then w- when you get started and you're moving, it's easier to see where it's breaking down. So, and people always want quick, like this guy asking about set it up in the next 24 hours. I mean, you know, I don't think online business, online business moves faster than offline business. And also I think you can get to profit faster online than you can offline. But I think a lot of that is because of overhead. You know, you have more overhead with an offline business. There's more things, there's more cost with an offline business. Um, and that's why you see a lot of people not being profitable for the first year because they had so much cost incurred in starting that business. Now, online businesses are cool because a lot of those costs you don't have with online business. You still have some, but not as many. So you can get to profit a little bit faster. But there's still a learning curve. You know, there's still a learning curve. The more you attack it, the more you grind, the the, the lesser that learning curve is. Um, If you have a mentor, you know, you join something like the Insiders Club, you know, where we do the group coaching calls every month. That'll help you tremendously. That'll reduce your your learning curve tremendously. Um, But, you know, still, you know, I mean, it takes time and you got to be dedicated. You got to be dedicated, man. I mean, you got to give it your all. I mean, that's just the way it is, man. And you can't quit when things go wrong because things do go wrong. They go wrong a lot and you just adjust and keep moving. You fail fast and you learn from it and you move on. You don't stay down. Um, yeah, that's what I'll say about that. Read an interesting article uh, earlier today. I, w- I thought I'd read it to you guys. How Conor McGregor turned smack talk into a $150 million plus empire. This is by Will Green. It's over at the Growth Lab. It's G-R-O-W-T-H-L-A-B dot com. I want to read this to you real quick. It's a good one. The list of things I wouldn't do to make $100 million is pretty short. There are about three things on it. One, I wouldn't strap seal steaks on my leg and try to outswim a great white shark. <laughs> I wouldn't, two, I wouldn't do anything to hurt my kids. Three, and I would not climb into a boxing ring with undefeated boxing champion Floyd Mayweather. If sports aren't your thing, I'll quickly catch you up. Mayweather is the greatest boxer of his generation. His professional career spans more than 20 years, and he's never lost a pro fight. You couldn't pay me enough to stand in there and let him beat the tar out of me for 30 minutes, which is one of the many things that I am not Conor, which is one of the many things that prove I am not Conor McGregor. McGregor is the reigning champion of the UFC. He is mixed martial arts' biggest star, and McGregor spent a year chasing down a fight with Mayweather that he knew he could never win. You see, a UFC fighter needs to practice five or six different styles to be competitive. Boxers just worry about boxing. 
There's no way for an amateur boxer like McGregor could climb into the ring with Floyd Mayweather and come out on top. Demanding that fight sounded insane until you realized that winning the match was never the point. All he wanted to do was step into the ring because that fight was part of a brilliant marketing ploy that more than doubled his net worth. It made him $100 million in one night, which isn't bad for a guy who was fixing toilets and living off food stamps in 2013. You may think boxing has nothing to do with online business, but you can use the same strategies that landed McGregor a nine-figure payday to massively grow your business. Though before we do that, we need to forget about Conor McGregor, the athlete, and take a look at Conor McGregor, the business. Why sign on for a fight you can't win? So why would McGregor want to climb into a boxing ring with someone like Mayweather? To understand, let's look at where his business was at the end of 2016. He's profitable, he's got a loyal fan base, and he is easily recognizable, but only a small niche market. So what's the next step? How does he keep his business growing? Imagine you're a successful author in a tiny niche. You write sci-fi mystery novels, and you want to make more money. What can you do? You have two choices. You can work yourself to death trying to find the handful of people who read those kind of books who don't already know who you are. You can co-write a book with Stephen King and get instant access to his endless army of fans. Which do you choose? Or you say you're a fitness company with a new kind of diet. It works, but it's weird. People eat nothing but raw spaghetti and cabbage. You could spend years trying to promote it on your own with no success, but what if Oprah or Dr. Oz got behind your diet and pushed it to their tens of millions of fans? Stores wouldn't be able to keep cabbage on the shelves. There's no, ch- there's no faster way out of a niche than by tying your business to the right influencer. That's exactly what McGregor did. Mixed martial arts is growing fast, but it's still a niche sport. The audience for boxing is five times the audience for most MMA fights. There's no way McGregor could have convinced that audience to watch one of his fights without help. But he didn't have to convince boxing fans of anything. All he had to do was get Floyd Mayweather to step into the ring with him. Suddenly, every boxing fan on the planet was scrambling to find out everything there was to know about him. By agreeing to step into the ring, Mayweather told his fans, the promoters, and the media that Conor McGregor was somewhat someone worth watching. Forget about a $100 million payday McGregor scored from the fight. The exposure it gave him skyrocketed his brand and his credibility. Now the entire sports world knows his name. McGregor just didn't, didn't just raise the ceiling for success. He raised the floor. Even if he goes years without another payday this big, that exposure has doubled, maybe even tripled what he can expect to bring in each time he promotes a fight. In fact, there's talk of the UFC mixed martial arts biggest business giving McGregor an ownership stake in the league just to keep him fighting that's something no other MMA fighter or promoter has ever dreamed of and if you want to get the same kind of results for your business there's only one question left to answer what does it take to convince the right influencer to get behind your business over the past five years I've worked with New York Times best-selling authors former hedge fund managers Merrill Lynch VPs and two different entrepreneurs who've made over a billion dollars in their career. Here's what it takes to get someone like that to work with you. The three keys to get anyone to promote your business. Mayweather didn't care that he was helping McGregor. Any more than influencers in your market care about helping you. So why did he agree to the fight? Well, to start with, he got paid something between $400 million and $500 million. For context, the hit movie, The Matrix, grossed about $460 million in theaters. 
In other words, Mayweather pocketed more money in one night than the total worldwide box office revenue of most major motion pictures. Now, none of us can offer an influencer anything like that kind of money. But that doesn't mean you don't bring anything to the table. Here are three things anyone can do to convince an influencer to work with them. One, don't be vanilla. Say what you will about Conor McGregor. He's a hell of a showman. Just check out this smack talk compilation someone put on YouTube leading up to the fight. Unless cussing offends you, then just take my word for it and skip the video. Let's listen to a little of this. If you're asking would I like to fight Floyd, I mean, who would not like to dance around the ring for $180 million? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it's a total disrespect. I'm an elephant. Elephant don't beat with ants. Let's take out the sports. Let's take out rules. Who wins if we just fight? Me. It's kind of McGregor, this little bitch. <laughs> I'm not going to go there anymore, you guys. Listen, Conor McGregor is quite the showman, all right? He can really talk the game, but he can fight too. I, I think he's awesome. I'm a big fan. But anyways, let's move on with this article. Um, he drives expensive cars. He wears outfits that would make Lady Gaga blush, including one suit with pinstripes that read, fuck you on closer inspection. He flashes jewelry and bricks of money that could probably pay off my mortgage. Checks mail. Yep, he definitely could pay off my mortgage. He'll publicly start a beef with pretty much anyone, and it's a whole lot of fun to watch. Like my boss, Ramit Sethi, said, when you turn vanilla, the world abandons you. People want to be entertained. If you watch a major influencer to work with you, if you want a major influencer to work with you, then you need to bring energy that will get their fans excited and the media talking. You need to be different. You need to have a unique voice. You need to not be vanilla. Number two, work 20 times harder than everyone else. MMA is a niche sport, but that doesn't mean that taking it over was easy. There are literally thousands of pro fighters around the world who barely scrape by, yet McGregor came from nothing, and within three years, he was being paid a million dollar plus per fight. How? McGregor flew to conferences, booked himself on radio stations, and took every opportunity available to promote himself to the public. Even spending his own money to book himself on events the UFC didn't feel were necessary. And that's on top of the brutal training regimen he kept up so he could actually win his fights. If you want to be successful, you have to be willing to outwork everyone, everybody else. You need to do what it takes to dominate your niche. Because if you don't own your market, it's not time to expand. Three, put your ego aside. You need influencers more than they need you. Why do you think Mayweather got paid four times more than McGregor? Why do you think they fought in a boxing ring rather than an MMA-style cage fight where McGregor would win? Because McGregor needed the fight. Mayweather didn't. Every step of the way, McGregor had to make sure that Mayweather looked better, got more exposure, and made more money. And if you watch that video above and you're thinking, wait a minute, McGregor did nothing but trash talk Mayweather for a year. You're right. McGregor spent months talking about how completely he was going to pummel Mayweather. 
Then they stepped into the ring. There wasn't a second of that fight where anyone doubted Mayweather's control. He dominated that fight from the opening bell until he decided to knock McGregor out in the 10th round. Take extra note of the word decided. I don't agree with that, you guys. I do not agree with that personally. That's neither here nor there. I think McGregor won the first three rounds of that fight. So, whatever. The only thing those months of trash talking did was make Mayweather look like a boss. If you want to get a major influencer promoting you, then you've got to be willing to do the same. Don't offer them 40% affiliate commissions. Offer them 90%. Promote them to your audience without any strings. Talk them up every chance you get. If you land a media appearance, be sure to mention what an inspiration they were and how much they influenced your success and do everything in your power to make them look good. If you can do that, you'll have influencers lining up to help grow your business. I know because I've worked with them. They're waiting for people just like you. All right. It's interesting. Very, very interesting stuff. Um, I don't know what you guys' takeaway from that was, uh, but me, let's summarize here. Number one, don't be vanilla. Number two, work 20 times harder than everybody else. And number three, put your ego aside. Um, out of these three things, I would say number three is the hardest one for me. I've burned more bridges because of my ego than I can even think of. Um, I have trouble taking people that are above me on, on the on the ladder and uh, and kissing their ass. I uh, have trouble with that. Uh, and I don't think he's saying you need to kiss their ass, but he is saying you need to give respect where respect's due. Um, sometimes it's hard to give respect where respect's due and still not be vanilla, if that makes sense. Nice words of wisdom, though. Nice words of wisdom, definitely. This episode of the Easy Money Show is brought to you on behalf of EpicConversions.com and the Epic Conversions Insiders Club, the home of free mentoring. We got a group coaching call we do once a month with for the insiders. Weekly actionable content. Dropped a new piece of weekly actionable content just yesterday on productivity. We do a new product launch every month in the Insiders Club. Right, got to have a new one coming out here uh, at the end of all, at the end of September. It's gonna be fantastic. Check it out. Product info development. Product info development. Info product development, I should say. So we've talked about, you know, researching a product for info info products. We've talked about, you know, validating info products. Now I want to talk for a minute about the development of the product, right? The angle, the vehicle in which we're going to deliver it, mapping it out with the funnel, right, and creating it. So it's not enough to say, well, I want to do a product about affiliate marketing because there's a million affiliate marketing products out there. How can you be different? What's your angle? You know, What's going to make someone buy your product? Um, how to earn your first $1,000 with affiliate marketing? How to earn your first $1,000 with affiliate marketing within 30 days? Oh, that's even better, right? How to get from zero to $1,000 within 15 days using affiliate marketing. Pretty nice angle, right? Is it possible? Could you write that product? Can you make that product? Angles are important, right? Angles are important, man. Angles spell out what the product's about. Angles, angles pull people in. Angles spell it out for them. Connects the dots for them. Makes them want your product. Gives them hope. Angles give them hope. Angles make people think, yeah, I think I could do that. That doesn't sound too hard. I think I could do that. 
You need a good angle for your product. It's not enough to say, hey, I'm going to make a product about affiliate marketing. You need a good angle for it, right? How do you find a good angle? Look for headlines. Study headlines. Become a student of good headlines. Read magazines. What pulled you in? What was the last product you bought? Why did you buy it? What in that sales copy inspired you, right? You need a good, clear angle that connects the dots for people, that pulls them in, that gives them hope, right? It's important. You need a vehicle. Vehicle for your product. Is it going to be an ebook? Is it going to be a video course? Is it going to be an audio course? What's it going to be? What are you going to do? I, I personally like to do video. I've done a few ebooks, but I personally like to do video. When I do video, I'll have people say, I wish you had the ebook version of this. When I do the ebook version, I'll have people say, I wish you had the video video version of this. I hate to read. But I will say I get more people complaining of not having video than I get people complaining about not having the ebook version. So I, I tend to lean towards video a little bit more. Because um, you can do the video and then you can rip rip the audio from it and put that in there. You can rip the transcription from the videos. You can make the ebook version of the of the video. It, it, you can do everything from the video. But you know, when you start doing the, the ebook, then you gotta you gotta kind of um, you gotta build more, right? So I would say that uh, when it comes to vehicle promotion, I like when it comes to vehicle for the product. I, I tend to go for video. Sometimes I go for ebook though. If I feel like writing, I'll go ebook. Um, but I'll still end up doing a video. I'll still end up doing the video version of the ebook and I'll put it in my funnel. So the video is probably going to get done either way. Once you figure out a vehicle for a vehicle for your product, uh, how you're going to deliver it, I mean, then you, you map it out. You map out what that product's going to look like. You don't stop with the product. You map out the entire funnel. Okay. Map out the funnel for the product and then map out what the different parts of the product are. All right. So the funnel is going to be like, okay, I'm going to have this ebook about affiliate marketing. Then as an upsell, I'm going to have the video presentation. Um, it's kind of like a supplemental for the ebook. So it's going to be like the video version of the ebook. And then maybe for a second upsell, I'll, I'll put on a webinar where, where I'm going to, you know, basically teach the same information that's in the ebook. However, now I'm going to be there so I can interact with them, so they can ask me questions, so the access has changed, right? Um, and then as another upsell, I'll do a one-on-one -on -one coaching. So now and I'll be t basically teaching the same information, but I'm go now they're going to have one-on-one -on -one access with me. So now it's, it's, the access has changed, right? So we just mapped out a whole sales funnel with no extra information. It's all the same information that was in your ebook. The difference was the access changed. It went from written to video. It went from video to interactive webinar. It went from interactive webinar to one-on-one -on -one coaching. The access changed. Imagine what you could do if you combined, you know, information and access. You know, how cool could your sales funnel be at that point? Now, I mean, there's no rules to say you can't add extra things. But just changing the access on your current piece of information can provide an entire sales funnel, right? So keep that in mind. And then you create it, man. Once you map the whole thing out, you create it. Now, I'll go, let me go back to that for a second. You're going to create a product on affiliate marketing. You know, you got a good angle on it. Um, 
what does that product look like? We get what the sales funnel looks like, but what does the actual product look like? Well, to me, every, every good product needs an introduction video. That's one thing. Um, and then every good product, you know, every good product, you know, you have the main product there where you teach the main content, right? Has a, has a few modules, has a few chapters, right? Um, then you're going to have a, 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 you know, a wrapping up video. You're going to have a wrapping up video, a conclusion there. You're going to have some, uh, you know, you're going to have some bonuses in there. A few bonuses in there is always a good thing. You're going to have some a resources section where you offer them some other trainings. Some of them might be paid. Some of them might be free, right? It's a great chance for you to make extra money off of the, off of, off of those uh, customers. Um, it's a great chance for you to provide more value for those customers. And it's a great chance for you to I- introduce them to some free resources that can help them. Um, I think those are the basics, right? You know, any kind of documentation you want to put in there, you can put in there, whether it be extra mind maps, uh, extra this, extra that, anything extra put in there. Over-deliver, you guys. If you're selling a $7 ebook, make sure you give them $14 worth of value. I want to double the value. Every time I put out a product, I want to double the value at least, right? If I'm giving you a 20, if I'm selling you a $27 product, I want $50 of value in there, right? $54 of value, $56 of value, $60 of value. I want to over deliver, right? You're talking to a guy who has a $10.80 membership program. People pay me $10.80 a month. I give them a group coaching call a month. People pay me $97 an hour for consulting. My my insiders club, they get they get a free group coaching call a month. And we don't stop until all the questions are answered. I like to over deliver. I want to create win-wins for everyone. Right? That's what it's all about. Q&A. What are the benefits of social media marketing for my company? What are the benefits of social media marketing for my company? It's easy, man. It's easy. It's audience building. It's all audience building. You know, I don't I don't I don't convert a lot of sales on social media. That's not what social media is about. At least that hasn't been my experience. I'm not converting a lot of sales from social media. People are people are discovering me on social media because it is a natural hub for people. When you get on the internet, do you check your Facebook? When you get on the internet, do you visit YouTube? Most people would say, yeah, pretty much every day I'm visiting those places, right? They are natural hubs for people. And because they're natural hubs for people, um, they're really good places to publish consistently, to be a part of the scene, and to audience build. Uh, As you build audience there, people trickle from those platforms to your stuff. They end up on your email list. Um, 80% of my transactions last year were converted through email. So when people ask me, what are the benefits of social media marketing for my company? The benefits are, this is the starting point. This is you going to the people. All your customers live on social media. They don't live in your store. They don't live on your blog. They don't live on your e-commerce site. All right. They're all living on those social media hubs. So you go to them and your job is to build audience. They will find their way back to your stuff. Trust and believe it, right? People don't like to be pulled. So people like organic, organically, they like to discover things. They don't like to be pulled. 
So if you can be a part of the scene and you can allow people to discover you on their own, just by being a part of the scene and adding value to that scene and, and just being there, consistency can, <laughs> consistency can make up for a lot. But just being there, adding value, letting people discover you on their own, um, you will audience build, you will make sales. Uh, that, that's the way that goes. All right. Got a current event wanted to talk to you guys about before we wrap this up tonight. Um, struggling mom wins $188 million in the lottery only to be sued by her own pastor. <laughs> you guys ever thought, man, I wish I could win the lottery? You guys ever thought, man, I just, well, if I could just win the lottery, all my troubles will be over? I know I have, man. I know I thought, man, this crap's too hard. Be cool just to win the lottery. <laughs> what would I do if I won the lottery? Well, let's see, I'd buy a nice house. I'd have a house built. Hell, maybe I'll buy a castle. Maybe I'll design a castle in the middle of nowhere. Buy a couple of new cars. It'd be awesome. But then you're always seeing these stories. You're always hearing these documentaries about people who won the lottery and then all hell broke loose and their life sucked. <laughs> it's amazing. So. Let me read the story to you. It's interesting. Uh, so this mom, she was struggling. She won $188 million in the lottery. Then she gets sued by her own pastor. Found this over on worldation.com. Let me read it to you. There are many ways to make money, and some people buy lottery tickets in hopes that one day they will hit the jackpot and win. However, they know that the chances of winning are almost zero to none. They say one in a million couldn't be more true when it comes to winning the lottery. However, for Marie Holmes, this was the case. In fact, her chances at winning were one in 175 million. The struggling mom from Shalott, North Carolina, didn't, didn't know her life was going to change forever when filled out that ticket. Next, we meet Kevin Matthews, the pastor from Marie's local church in Charlotte, North Carolina. I don't know if that's a typo. That's supposed to say Charlotte, North Carolina. Um, maybe just Charlotte is an actual town in North Carolina. I'm not sure. I'm not familiar with Charlotte. Uh, Marie often attended church services and had a, had a major role in her life. While Matthews provided religious guidance to many members of his community, he also had a very close relationship with Holmes frequently assisting her throughout the many twists and turns in her life. Matthews often called himself a warrior of Christ and planned to do great things for his parish. With no help whatsoever, the single mom decided to take things into her own hands when she went one day down to the local convenience store in her hometown and buy a lotto card. Marie, who is also a very religious woman, is probably one of the luckiest people in the world because in February of 2015, she found out she was a winner of a whopping $188 million. Marie didn't know what hit her and how her life was going to have a different turn now, a dramatic one. Marie, shocked and speechless, won the Powerball drawing and had 180 days to claim the big prize. She also had a choice between receiving an amount of $188 million in installments over a period of 30 years or claiming $127 million at once. Marie chose the second option. After struggling to make ends meet, Marie had suddenly found herself drowning in money and overwhelmed. For a second, she thought that, there, that all of her problems were gone, but she couldn't have been more wrong. After she was used to pretty much living in poverty, Marie 
who is now a new millionaire, put on a white woolen suit looking very glamorous to claim her big Powerball win. Marie had a hard time hiding her excitement. I thought I was going to have a heart attack when I saw the ticket and checked it. It seemed like Marie was ready to take on that new life she had just won. When lottery commissions allow the winner to stay anonymous, while the lottery commissions allow the winners to stay anonymous, it is almost impossible to stay that way for a long time, especially in the era of social media. Once you start wearing fancy clothes, driving a brand new car, or giving money to a friend in need, everyone will want a piece of the action. Many of them will even say that they would have shared their wealth with you if it was the other way around. This is why many experts will always advise the winners to stay modest and continue on with their lives as before. It's easy to give that advice, man. Stay modest and continue on with their lives as before. Probably pretty hard when you've been living in poverty your whole life and someone slams you with 180 million bucks. Probably pretty hard to stay modest. Winning such an astonishing amount at once can be overwhelming, let alone confusing. However, Marie had sworn that gaining so much money wasn't going to change her. People stated, speculating, what she was going to do with the sum. Her uncle, for instance, said, Marie is very grounded and she will know what to do with all that money. Other people thought she was going to buy a new home, but not anything extravagant. Some were saying that she was going to donate some to her church, but what was her real plan? Everything is all for them, said the single mom. All the struggle that I've ever went through, it was all for them. I want them to understand that the money doesn't change you, but it can help you. So they don't have to worry about debt, none of that. They can go to college, all on me, from debt to winning, to winning it all. Marie, who had seen it all, including seeing her own father in and out of prison, pledged she was going to put her children's interests first. However, once again, Marie was about to realize that her dreams were to become a nightmare. After the shallot mom of four won the big prize, she vowed she would give her beloved church a big donation. She loved church, and she had a close relationship with her pastor, Kevin Matthews. Kevin was there for Marie through her struggle, giving her counseling and providing her with guidance. He always made her believe that he wanted nothing in return. Being so close to her pastor and due to her love for the Pleasant Hill Missionary Baptist Church in Shalott, Marie notified Kevin that she was going to donate roughly 10% of the total sum in order to purchase a piece of land and build a retreat center. Marie, who is the winner of the grand prize, said she would donate the incredible amount of $1.5 million to the church. That is definitely generous of her, and in general, deciding to give back to her community is a nice deed. While it is not the first time that a lottery winner chooses to donate part of his earnings to the church, Marie's planned donation was definitely one of the highest amounts ever heard in the United States. Several pious lottery winners from Tennessee and Boston contributed significant sums to their local church, with the latter giving 100000 in order to fund a special Christmas dinner. However, none of these contributions ever came close to Marie's astronomical donation. The change in Marie's life is undeniable. She literally went from poor to rich in just one day. In her wildest dreams, she never imagined that she would one day be the owner of so much money. Yet, the mom of four, who had worked multiple jobs to support her family, was facing a new reality. She didn't know, however, that having so much money would cause her so many problems. Marie had no idea what was coming her way. The change in Marie's life was undeniable. The local pastor, Kevin Matthews, claimed that Marie's reneging let him (laughs) feel... Wait a minute, what? 
The local pastor, Kevin Matthews, claimed that Marie's reneging led him feeling emotionally distressed. Because of the emotional distress and mental stress they put me through, I just start taking, let me see. What in the world? More medication for anxiety and depression due to this situation. I didn't see this coming. I think it was a third party that came along and told her not to do this. No one could see this lawsuit coming, especially not Marie herself. Okay, so I guess I, I must have wrote this down wrong, guys. I must have cut and pasted this wrong. Uh, it was one of those slideshows where you got a little bit of the story, then you had to click, get another little bit of the story in a picture, click, get another little bit of the story in a picture, and I must have copied and pasted it wrong into this document. However, it looks like what happened was Marie, for whatever reason, didn't give the $1.5 million to her church. She changed her mind. And then Kevin Matthews, the local pastor, claimed that Marie, her reneging, led him to feeling emotionally distressed. Because of the emotional distress and mental stress they put me through, I had to start taking more medicine for anxiety and depression due to the situation. I didn't see this coming, and I think it was a third party that came along and told her not to do this. No one could see this lawsuit coming, especially not Marie herself. Matthews went on to say, The bottom line is, I just want her to do what she said she was going to do. I want peace and to do what God told me to do. I want her to do what she said she was going to do. I really feel like a warrior of Christ, and people need to be accountable. There's no doubt that this is one of the most bizarre cases when it comes to winning the lottery and its aftermath. But needless to say, that the people started having a very strong opinion on their pastor. Before the whole lottery drama hit the local news and later national TV, the community of Shalott, North Carolina, adored their local pastor, Kevin Matthews. However, after the way everything went down with the single mom, Mary Holmes, Marie Holmes, the community started seeing him in a whole new light. Some people took to social media sharing their thoughts. The lawsuit had its backlash, and it wasn't pretty, as you can see below. The host also had a lot to say about Marie's choice of her new home, which is a plantation. Marie responded by saying she only bought it so her children could have a backyard for them to play. During her counseling, Ianla said to Marie that she believes that her house still has bad energy stored in it from when the plantation house slaves. Ianla claimed that the plantation projected a negative energy which affected her current state along with all the other troubles that she's going through in her personal life. According to various studies that were conducted throughout the last several years, nearly a third of all lottery winners eventually declare bankruptcy. According to various studies that were conducted, this is funny, throughout the last several years, nearly a third of all lottery winners eventually declare bankruptcy. Due to this fact, lotto winners' conditions are even worse than before they were rich. Other research shows that most of the winners often estrange themselves from their close friends and family and suffer from severe depression, which can result in substance abuse and domestic problems. So many people believe that if they had a certain amount of money, they'd be able to live a life. They'd be able to live a certain way. Marie is a prime example that if you don't know who you are, if you don't have a strong sense of identity and well-being, all the money in the world is not going to fix how you see yourself and how you live. Marie was very open while filming and exposed her true self on camera along with all of her family's personal issues. One of the main problems was that 
On the show, Marie's troubled relationship with her mother, Fontella, Marie revealed that she had a hard time growing up with her as Fontella often treated her and her other siblings very badly. Iana then finds out that despite all of that, Marie has chosen to send her children to live with her mother in Seattle, Washington after winning the lottery. One of the main problems with that was... Let's discuss... Wow. All right, so I'm not going to read any more of this. It's 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 interesting. It kind of goes on and on and on. Um, I, I think that the the main the main takeaway from that was this lady won a shitload of money. First of all, um, she said she was going to donate a bunch of money to her church. She kind of changed her mind about it, and she didn't do it. Um, the pastor got mad. He sued her. <laughs> I don't know how that turned out. Uh, but it can't be fun getting sued no matter what. And then uh, just uh, it's a mess, man. It's just a mess. It's just a mess. I, I think if you think about winning, my takeaway from this story is this, okay? Winning the lottery sounds like it would be amazing. To go from you know making however much you make a year to all of a sudden just you know having like $200 million sitting in your bank account sounds amazing. Most of us don't think past that. We think about just suddenly having a lot more money, not having to worry about anything, and what kinds of things we could do with all that money. But we never think about the social issues because most of us are in a social class right now. Our friends are in the same social class. We're surrounded by people in the same social class of, uh, as us. If you're lower class, chances are you've surrounded yourself with a lot of other lower class people. And I mean that financially, not character-wise. I don't mean they're low class people. I mean they're lower class financially. Most of your friends probably make that twenty to thirty, forty thousand dollars a year. Um, if you're middle class, you're probably surrounded with a bunch of middle class. If you're you know, upper middle class, you're probably surrounded with a bunch of upper middle class. So to go from that to having like $200 million in the bank, you instantly just skyrocketed yourself out of your social class. You are not the same as them anymore. They will smell it. <laughs> you, know, with people, you know, you will stand out like a sore thumb. And, you know, and they give this advice like, hey, just continue to live your modest life. Well, what they don't realize when they give that advice is people who are impoverished, people who are in poverty, they don't like their lives to begin with that much. No one likes driving a beater. Everyone would rather drive a brand new car that starts all the time. No one wants to wake up in the morning and worry about how they're going to pay their electric bill this week. No one wants that. Nobody wants that. So you slam $200 million in someone's bank account. Well, they've been driving junky cars their whole life. They've been living in crappy houses their whole life. They've had a bad job they didn't like their whole life. <laughs> Are you kidding me? They're going to celebrate. They're going to buy a nice car. They're going to buy a nice house. They're not going to be able to help themselves. That's just the way it is for many people. Um, so it sounds great on paper. It's one of those things that sound great on paper to continue to live your modest life. But when you're impoverished and you don't like your modest life, it's easier said than done. Me personally, if I just, just got slammed with two or $300 million, it'd be hard, man. It'd be hard. Honestly, I really don't mind my life to be honest. Um, 
but I, I remember when I worked a job I didn't like. I remember what I remember when things were worse. Um, I mean, I think if I won that much money, I would probably uh, you know buy a nice car, um, and uh, I'd probably make a few adjustments. But uh, it's hard to say, man. I think it'd be hard to deal with uh, family. I think it'd be hard to deal with friends. I, I can definitely see where you'd run into some trouble. I can definitely see where you would run into some trouble. You guys let me know. What do you think about that? What would you do if you won $200 million? How hard would it be for you? I want to hear about it. If you're watching this on YouTube, let me know in the comment section. I want to hear about it. Anyways, that's it, guys. That's it. That's all I got. It's a wrap. I hope you guys are doing amazing. Hope you guys have a fantastic rest of the evening on this fine, fine Tuesday evening. And go rock and roll. I'll see you guys in the next one. Peace. This is Cam Jennings, a.k.a. Zero Fats, a.k.a. Cam Fats. You're watching the Easy Money Show. I'll see you guys next week. Peace. Good, good, good.